Hey, hey, hey. This is Kristen. Uh, welcome back to Damn It, I'm Dating the Podcast. Uh, we are now on our second episode. Yay! Um, and joining me uh, from here on out is my ride or die bestie, Nicole. Say hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> um, Nicole is, a, she's not a damn it, I'm dating uh participant i'll say but she is definitely <laughs> um my ride or die and um true north when it comes to trying to navigate through this messy messy field of men also living vicariously through you with the dating that i never want to do <laughs> and i don't think anyone wants to do it like let's be honest true men are gross they're so gross <laughs> excellent point Mostly, yeah. Um, but in this little check-in that we're doing, or I guess our episode, um, we're going to go back to the beginning because you've been helping me through this whole thing. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people who weren't following along to my writing when I first started um, and documented <laughs> everything. Although I think you guys were waiting with bated breath for posts from me. I don't know. I think a lot of people were. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very, very quiet time during the pandemic. And uh, it. I really I think I helped to breathe some life into people's days. Absolutely. We all needed entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I could provide that. Mm, well, you're certainly good for many things. Yeah. One of which is entertaining everybody with the crazy stuff that I do. <laughs> Absolutely. So going back, we... For the people that don't know, um, pandemic, bummer for everybody, right? Like, except I know you really enjoyed being locked in your house. You know what? I really did. I <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I read over 100 books that year, oh and that was just epic for me. So can't actually complain that much. Meanwhile, I wanted to claw my eyes out every day and ended up asking for a divorce. <laughs> Well, it did bring out the things that we truly love in ourselves, I guess. I love reading. You love yourself and happiness. So respect. I'm here for it. Yeah. I can't believe you read 100 books. I don't even think I own over 100 books. books. I read oh. over 100 books. What yeah. was your favorite? Ooh, putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I think I read where the Crawdads sing that year. And although it was a little bit slow, I think I loved it for reasons that other people didn't love it. So I, I loved it just because it was so epically sad. Um, and it was really well written. Um, I didn't care as much for like the plot mystery points as I think some people did. Um, but ultimately, it just left me with like a sadness that unfortunately, I think we all sometimes find in real life. You enjoyed it. I did enjoy it, but um, let's also not lie to any of the listeners um, because Nicole is a huge smut fan. <laughs> so. I was honestly hoping you were going to say like some bustier ripping romance novel is well, what you actually, found as your favorite. Actually, what I discovered during the pandemic, reverse harems. What even is that? One woman. Oh. With three to four men, sometimes five. There was yeah. one that was six, but it just got too unrealistic. Man. 
written by women. So, I love, I love feminist. So I men, love feminist men, if there's ever a question, what a woman wants, Kindle Unlimited is nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> Unlimited smut. Unsponsored post. <laughs> Unsponsored, but it is a beautiful thing. Indie writers, real good stuff. Um, so yeah, but let's be realistic. Um, I read over a hundred smut novels. Um, and it was is, the time of my life. Is where the crowd ads thing the only like actual literature that you read and then the rest was smut? Oh, excellent point. Um, no, I think that there were like two other books. And then the rest was smut. Yes, absolutely. You know what? You do you. And I love that for you. You know what? We all have our things. And that we- is my escape of all escapes. I have to admit, I've never read a smut book, which I think is hard to believe. I don't think it's hard to believe because I think... I just live it. I Thank you for saying it. I wasn't sure. <laughs> but yes, you're just, you're living it for the rest of us. Although the one thing that I do enjoy, which is kind of ironic, I think for anybody who knows me, is that I really, really, really live for a happy ending. Like, um, like an actual tied up with a bow happy ending or like a happy ending? ending quote unquote at like. oh no i like both um <laughs> happy tied up ending. nicely yeah it needs to it needs to be tied up nicely everyone I think... lives happily ever after exactly exactly there's too much sadness in the world which i think is why the sadness in the crawl dad saying resonated with me because even though ultimately it was just sad it did have the happiest ending theoretically with an underlying sadness so speaking of sadness <laughs> Asking for a divorce. Yes. The ultimate sadness or or joy de- or joy. It depends on what side you're on. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask for a divorce for months before I actually did it. And I think one of the things, one of the themes that really comes up so much when I look back in my relationship with my ex-husband is that life just kept coming at us all the time. Like there's, there's never a good time to ask for a divorce. There's never a good time to have babies. Like there's never a good time for so many big things in life. Right. I think you saw me probably six months before I asked for the divorce. And how long were you waiting for me to tell you I wanted a divorce after that? six months oh less I mean I was waiting the whole time but I hadn't seen you what it had been several well actually it it had been a year and a half because I saw you before when I had come up right when I had come up for work so it had been a good year and a half and there was just an epic change um not only with you but also with your ex because I did see him at that time too Um, and so I just, I knew it was just unhappiness on both sides. Yeah. Like it was like palpable. Correct. It was, it was not subtle. Um, and, and I think that's a really important thing. Like you witnessed and you acknowledged and, you know, some of my other friends that I've talked to recently have said the same things. Like, uh, at one point he had told one of my friends, we were thinking about having another baby. This was six months before I saw you. Maybe a year before I saw you, because it was right before the pandemic started. Okay. So like a year and some change before that. And to my ex, she said, if you tell me you're pregnant, I'm going to punch you in the in the stomach or in the face or something like that. And he was like, no, but we're going to start trying again soon. And she was like, you two have no business having another child. <laughs> and she like berated him. I did not know that 
conversation ever happened on either side. No one told me. Interesting. Um, until like a week ago. And she told me. And I was like, oh, wow. Why did no one tell me this? Yeah, right. And then, you know, I mean, I eventually got there, but like. Well, we all do these things on our own time. Take a minute. Yeah. Well, so what's really interesting from my perspective from that time that I had not seen either one of you in quite a bit is that he had been short and very frustrated even with me. And he and I had always had a good rapport. I mean, we weren't best friends by any means, but we respected each other. We liked each other. We, I think we understood each other on, on some kind of level. You were one of his like favorites out of my friends. There's three. You and then the other two the other two you know you and the other two and right. they, they Which, know who they are you know who they are like exactly so i always i rather enjoyed spending time with him despite yeah. the fact that he was very very dry but i had so brought dry. my youngest child and he was just very short and and clearly very frustrated yeah and i mean it it, it felt the second that he got home that day that he wanted us to go because he was so unhappy. And that was a very strange feeling for me. Yeah. And all the while, he's like, no, stay. Exactly. Exactly. That's what life was like with him all the time. Right. And that's when wild. I knew. I, I, that is like the, I knew when we were talking, but I knew that you were still trying to make it work. Yeah. But when he got there and I got that feeling, I was, yeah, this, this is, this is over. Like, yeah. this is. This is this is just unhappiness. But, yeah. It was probably like four. That was over the summer. So it was probably like July, August. And then in October, November is when I was like, yeah, I'm pretty much done. I mean, we'd been doing couples counseling for two years. Mm -hmm. And most of the time he monopolized our sessions as like mm -hmm. just his own therapy because he quote unquote did not have time to go to therapy to like help himself. Whereas like. The therapy will help you cope with all of these things that is keeping you from doing these things. So, like, it didn't matter how often I told him that or our couples therapist told him that or she he even monopolized offered... you. I exactly. mean, that, that's the story of your relationship. The, the story of our relationship for sure. Yeah. Um. So it took me a while to, like, really grasp it because there's things that just happened over so long that, you know, were making me anxious and like the vicious cycle of anxiety and depression that just like circles and I was just unhappy and yeah. that's not me my baseline is what do you call me uh, your baseline is like a sunflower <laughs> it's like a peppy sunflower with rainbows and kittens and clouds and I mean it literally feels like a candy store and with him I felt like I was frozen bulk in the craft <laughs> And that is as far. <laughs> oh, so vastly different. Yes, absolutely. I mean, honestly, your name probably should have been Brittany. I mean, it just really <laughs> is that whole vibe. Very peppy. Very peppy. Happy, optimistic. Like, Always. I just am a happy person in general. Snarky, yes. Happy, hmm. yes. I wouldn't Those be friends with you if you weren't snarky. Of course not. Those things were not mutually exclusive. It wasn't until... A few months after I saw you, our therapist had asked us, like, finally we got to the point where she was just like, Kristen, what do you need from this relationship? Because there were multiple sessions where I didn't say three words. And, like, 
That's crazy. It's insane. Um, so yeah, after all that, our therapist finally was just like, Kristen, what do you need? He's told us what he needs. What do you need? And I was like, we've got four minutes left in this session. Like, this is not enough time. I need to think about it. <clears throat> and I got to punt a couple of weeks because he kept monopolizing the sessions. And eventually he had basically a panic attack that was stemming from work. And I had gone through that about two years before that over a holiday weekend that we had with um, friends that were staying with us. And I was just very clearly like in a deep, dark place. Like I knew I was in a black hole and I could not get out of it. Like it literally felt like on the inside of my brain, on the back side of my eyes, all I could see is like this black pit that I am in. And like, I, there's no side, there's nothing to grab onto. Like it's just in a hole and there's no way Scary. out of it. <clears throat> I've never felt like that before. Mm -hmm. And all my ex would say was like, he would be like really short with me. And after all, like after it passed, it came on as quickly, as quickly as it came on, it passed. It was like 36 hours, which okay. is a long time to feel depressed when you're depressed Absolutely. with a baby and hosting guests. And oh, okay. So this was after the baby. Yeah. So like one, oh, it was undiagnosed postpartum anxiety and depression, but also apparently I have been high functioning anxiety my entire life. That was fun to find out. This is um, not surprising to anyone. It was surprising. Any of the listeners. <laughs> no. It was surprising to me. Um, and if you ask my mom, she was very upset when I told her <laughs> that I was high functioning anxiety since the time I was like five. Um, <laughs> Only because you're a mirror. <laughs> that, that's, that's why. It, yeah, that's a truth bomb right there. His uh, response to me going through that horrible like experience was, one, you better apologize to our friends. Two, you're talking to your own therapist is not a negotiation, is not optional. You need to go see therapy. You need to start doing something else. And I'm waiting for my apology. Wow. Yeah. And so when we had our next couple session, like the next day, I had reached out to our couple's therapist for a recommendation for my own therapist. And it, that wasn't because he told me to. It was because I wanted it. I don't. Right. I don't want to feel like that. I don't ever want to feel like that again. And so she got in, got me in with her like very quickly because like a, an acute like experience like that apparently is priority. Um, Definitely. If you have a new baby too. I mean, yeah. Hormones are always changing and they're a bitch. Yeah. And like new is a great term to use because my kiddo wasn't a newborn. She was a year old. Oh, yeah, but it, like, it can that linger. Stuff can, yeah, and people don't know that. I did oh, not no. know that. It can happen in the first two years you can get hit oh, with postpartum anxiety and depression. And that's Absolutely. like, I had no idea. Well, but, it takes, sorry to side note this, yeah. but little science fact here. Roughly, it takes about 18 months for yeah. a woman's body to heal after having a child and completely, quote, go back to normal. So, I mean, that is incredible when you really think about it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's and that's totally accurate. People don't think about that, especially like you see people who have like kids back to back to back or something like that. And 
or like really close in age and you don't think that like they they don't broadcast like you need to give yourself some space right um and i didn't know and we didn't my ex didn't know like right he knew when we went home from the hospital the doctors were like basically telling him like your wife's gonna say some crazy shit in the next couple of weeks and like you just gotta grin and bear it because she she's not herself hormones are everywhere (laughs) she's gonna say some crazy shit and you just have to like roll with it just know that's not her (laughs) and it's gonna go away but it's gonna happen and i could say like the first you know month home from with the baby newborn baby no problem there's no depression there's no, no. maybe well, some no... anxiety in the car but oh, like definitely anxiety living my best life taking naps with a newborn no problem right you get a mobile 13 14 month old anxiety through the roof and if you really think about it i mean one i mean we could talk about this for days but <laughs> um at least in the united states there's not support unless oh, you have and and I don't think a lot of people have that family structure. I mean, I don't have that family structure. So with a new baby, you're not getting the support. And so maybe for the first, I don't know, three, four months, you have a, like this little lump of love and they sleep and they drive you crazy because they don't sleep and you change their diapers and you hug them and you kiss them and you hold them and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, then they start moving. You're supposed to return back to your normal life. And I put that in quotes because, you know, as much as we love to work, nothing will ever come close to how important our children are. And so there's that stress on top of a mobile person, on top of maybe a relationship that's not functioning properly, on top of very little to no support system. So the idea of suffering from postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety a year into it, I think is equally as likely to be environmental um, mm-hmm. as well as biological, our society just does not do a good job yeah. of supporting women. And I think that's, that's sure. your ex-husband's response <laughs> is a prime example. Prime example. You need to ex- apologize to our friends. You need to get in therapy. And where's my apology? And Fuck the patriarchy. Fuck the patriarchy is right. And my part of fucking the patriarchy was when we went to our couples therapy session that week, he was grumbly and mad about still grumbly and mad about it. And he was like, you need to apologize to our friends. And I said, you know what I did? I sent them a text message. I said, I wasn't feeling like myself. I'm really sorry if I made you guys uncomfortable. Like, and their response was, don't worry about it. Like, it's totally fine. You're People human. have off days. And he goes, well, I didn't get an apology. And I looked straight at him and I said, and you're not going to get one because you're my husband. We've been together for like a decade. Obviously, something wasn't right. And your response and you're an asshole. to be a dick to me. And instead of saying like, hey, why don't you go take a nap and I'll take care of the baby? Or like, no, you lay on that beach chair by the pool. I'm going to go chase our, two, our one-year-old around. That's literally probably all I needed was, I don't know, an hour or two to nap. Right. And I probably would have been fine. Right. But like, it just kept going and he was just pushing every button he knew to push like when I got into that state like I do have OCD it's not like as bad as you know some people have it where you have to like turn lights on three times before you walk into a room or your mom's gonna die um but it's more for me like I can't put 
ketchup on the top of my cheeseburger. It has to go on the bottom of my cheeseburger, right. like on the bottom bun, and then the meat, and then the cheese, and then a pickle, and then the top of the bread. And if it's not that way, I'm scraping it off and putting it back on. Right. And he made me a cheeseburger, putting ketchup underneath the cheese. and then Oh, so he was just being a dick. He was like trying to be an asshole. And he handed it to me and I was just like, I can't eat that. And he was like, there's nothing wrong with it. Just eat it. And so I took it apart and I scraped the cheese off. I scraped the ketchup off the cheese and put it back together. And he got so mad that I took it apart. Like, first of all, <laughs> if you know I'm not feeling great and you're making me food, why would you make it in a way you know I don't like it? Oh, I know like, why. Because <laughs> you're a dick? <laughs> yeah, because he's a dick and it's about him, not about you. Yeah. And he is not emotionally capable of understanding the idea of supporting somebody else. Yeah. So, like, he just pushed, 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 and then was furious when I took it apart, when he asked when he was getting his apology. And I said, you're not. And you don't deserve one. He got so angry and, like, bless up to our therapist because she was like, Kristen doesn't really owe you an apology. It's not like it's something that she could control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his understanding of anxiety and depression is like, well, just cheer up. Yeah, that's just just don't be depressed. Just don't be that. Cool. That's Love such that an for you. Antiquated way of thinking. Yes. And so I started working on myself really hard because I didn't want to have to take medication. Mm -hmm. And that followed like a few days later, I went and met with my therapist, like sitting down with her. I explained to her what happened. And she said, Okay, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to get divorced. That's what I want. And it took me two years from, like, deciding that I was, like, we're done now. Like, after the way you treated me and when I was absolutely in the worst, one of the worst spots I've ever been in, mm -hmm. I felt like this. And this is how you treated me. I don't want to be married to you no. because I don't feel safe to be who I am. At no point did I ever think he was going to physically harm me. Like, let's 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 no. make sure that's clear. But like there's being safe with people where you feel like you can actually freely be who you are. And I did not ever feel like that. Emotional safety is yes. the killer of a relationship. I mean, yes. I, I by no means um am comparing uh emotional neglect and emotional safety to pure on domestic violence. Um yeah. It's not the same at all, and there's no comparison. Mm -hmm. However, we also need to identify that emotional neglect and emotional safety will break down a relationship, Absolutely. even when there was at one point love. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, what does Brene Brown say? She says vulnerability is everything, right? Yeah. You cannot be vulnerable with someone you don't feel emotionally safe with. Exactly. And like, that was it. That was exactly it. There was... I could not be vulnerable. I was not in a safe space. And when my therapist was like, okay, well, how do you want to move forward with that? And I said, I need time. Like, I need time to get my act together. I need time to, like, be able to get in a space where I have, one, the confidence to be on my own, mm -hmm. the financial security to be on my own. And, like, I really need to – the straw really needs to break the camel's back to be like, right. I'm fucking done. And two years later – He's having 
a panic attack and depression and anxiety just like I had. Mm -hmm. And his expectation was that I would drop everything and support him and care for him and take care of him and do whatever it was he needed to support him and understand that he's going through a hard time and not take it personally. And like all of the things that you should do when you know that your loved one is going through something distressing right? and be supportive and loving and kind and compassionate and empathetic. All the things he was not to me. And when it first happened, my initial response was to like help because I don't, I don't want someone to suffer. Like, even though no. he's my ex, like, I still don't want him to suffer. No, you I would care still about help him. him. He's a human being. I do. Exactly. I, I will help him. He's the father of my child. He's a human being. He was a large part of my life for a very long time. I care about him, but I care about me more. I took a step back and I was just like, this is it. I can't believe this is how he's expecting me to act when he treated me like absolute shit mm-hmm. when I went through something similar. And so a couple weeks later, it was like Thanksgiving. And then we're in we're in therapy. It's like the week after Thanksgiving. And she's like, so Kristen, what do you need from this relationship? And I'm like, I need more time to think about it because I can't tell my husband just before Christmas, I want a divorce. Like, right. oh, talk about timing. <laughs> so instead, I waited till like the week after New Year's mm-hmm. and we had our first therapy session and before therapy I had emailed our therapist and I was like hey I know what I need and it's to not be in this relationship anymore I want a divorce I don't want to be married to him anymore I want out but I need you to support me and help facilitate this because I've been trying to say this for two months now one can't get a word in our se- in our couple sessions Or when I finally do get a chance to talk, there's like three minutes left. And what am I going to do? Drop a bomb? Like, oh, hey, BT dubs, I want a divorce. Right. Time's up. Gonna go. Bye. See you at home. Like, that's not that's not how it's going to work. You needed her to make the space for you. Yeah. And so she did. And she started off and she was like, you know, Kristen has this thing she wants to talk about. And we're going to give her the space to do that. And he is sitting there completely blindsided. Like you would have thought he just got run over by a bus. I have never seen anyone cry so much in my life. And like, it hurt my heart to see him so sad. But also, are we not in the same relationship? (laughs) Well, I think that's the issue. I don't think you were. He was in a self-serving relationship. The expectation was your child would be a reflection of his success and his standing. And you were also there to support him. And anything that came along and the idea that you had the audacity to take up the space and say, no, I'm not happy and this isn't working and I want out. I mean, he took that as a personal attack, despite the fact that had he been paying attention to anyone but himself, he would have seen years ago it was not working. Yeah. And you know, I don't remember if it was in that session or if it was like days later or a week later when he brought up like, I wanted a divorce a year and a half ago and I didn't say it and I didn't do it. And I was like, well, why not? Like, there's not a prize. I'm, right, right. We're not, we're fucking miserable. Right. There's What's no broken prize. is broken. Like, we're not going to, it's not going to get better. You already want the divorce. I just pushed through. Cool. You pushed through the both of us being 
unhappy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep doing it. Like Not I'm... everything can be Humpty Dumptied. Yes, exactly. And w- once I asked for the divorce, it was like, <sighs> like, yeah, I, it had been. That was the hardest part was. Yes, that was actually the hardest part to actually get the words out because your girl has anxiety like no one's business. And I don't know a time that I have had more anxiety about saying something ever in my entire life. Right. Than like saying that to him. Right. And that's how like I knew it was the right choice to make. And like fast forward a few months, the first night that I'm in my apartment that I spend in my apartment alone, I go to sleep at night and I just go to sleep. I'm not taking 15 melatonin. I'm not waking up 17 times during the night. I'm not. I just laid down. I went to sleep. Right. And And can we just remind the listeners, um, are you able just to fall asleep everywhere these days without any assistance? 99% of the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's an indication. I fell asleep everywhere, sitting at my desk, asleep, sitting on the couch, asleep, in the middle of a movie theater, asleep. As soon as we get on an airplane, before we leave the, (laughs) before we take off, asleep. Exactly. I sleep everywhere. And like every so often I'll pop up five milligram of melatonin, but like I was taking 10 to 20 milligrams of melatonin. And barely getting like lucid sleep. No, you probably was... broke your sleep cycle. Oh, I for sure did. I have a sleep cycle now. Miracles. <laughs> it's amazing. There was worry, obviously, when I first asked for it. Like, how am I going to do this all on my own? It's expensive to live in the city. It's expensive to do all these things. Like, I make a good living, but like, shit is expensive. And that first night in my apartment by myself, like, I had a bed and like a couch. <laughs> And like an end table. It's not like I had anything else here. I hadn't even moved all of my stuff in. I had like an overnight bag. And I just was beside myself. And the next morning I was just like, oh, this is what it's like. Like this is what it's supposed to this is what you're supposed to feel like. This is wild. I I was this is a big what pieces. This is what peace is. So like that's where we started. And once I asked for the divorce, like, y'all, I downloaded Tinder and I dove right in to the dating pool. Like, ASAP. I'm a, obviously a very honest person and I'm like overly honest in my dating profile. <laughs> um, as you should be. Let's as, get the, yes, as you should get be. get the flags out of the way. Exactly. And so I'm including in it like newly separated because like that's what we were we were still living in the same house like correct different floors he's he's living in one floor i'm living in another like i am working towards moving out he knows i'm looking for an apartment like i'm not it is it is an we were actively done with our relationship um and (laughs) i can't tell you how creepy men are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because the amount of people swiping right on me because I was newly separated and emphasis on the and still in the same house as my ex was like a hot selling feature. Oh, barf. Like, That's disgusting. It's so gross. It's so gross. And 
like those people immediately like I unmatched from them because they have normal profiles and then they're like hey that's so hot you're you you're married still and I'm like I mean legally I guess but like we're not together and uh, 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 gross Ugh. gross and it just oh so gross so and so gross the scary thing is that the profile at least from what I've seen granted I did online dating when it was new and uh, I don't, <laughs> yeah. don't want to age myself too We're much. Vintage. Yeah, we when are. it was actually online and not an app. Wow, I actually never thought about it like that. But yeah, when people say they meet people online now, I'm like, it's not. Well, this is on an app. I met people online. You oh, met yeah. people online. We I meet did. people on apps now. Different. Different. Very, very so oh, different. Wow, you just blew my mind. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, this is what I was gonna say. Um, well, what's scary is that if if that's the type of person that they're presenting as, that's likely the best version of themselves. Which is so sad, right? It's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. So Hello, society, raise your boys better. Yeah, men do better. Do better. And like uh, speaking as like a straight woman, like heteronormative relationships, like mostly my thing, which is like my cross to bear. Um, like my toxic Poor trait you. is my toxic trait is I'm attracted to straight white men with beards. Like, oh, tragedy. Could, it, could I do any worse? No. I think no. we know the answer to that. The answer is no. I could not. <laughs> that's why we're here. Yes, that's why we're here because they be messy. Um, so some people, one person was actually really sweet who had reached out to me, and you know his profile was like so sweet and like thoughtful Mm -hmm. i've never seen a profile like it um since his name was justin and um he reached out and sent me this message like it was just like a hey or whatever and then he was asking like kind of some questions about my situation and i explained to him he was like it sounds like you really need like someone to listen to you and like to pay attention to you and not necessarily date you and i was like oh yeah i can't do a relationship right now that's not a thing but like your girl is starved for attention Mm -hmm. she's starved for affection like hug me kiss me tell me i'm pretty like all these things that had not been going on in my life for years which i think we should say that's a big part of your love language is you need those things yeah so not only was this flower dead it was wilted and composting in the bottom of the pot i mean yeah you weren't (laughs) even getting like even the essential for your love language so i just yeah like if i tried to hug my ex he would like go limp and like make it like it was like you were hugging a noodle yes and i'm like cool so, that's like, I'm forcing so, you to love me. I love that for me. Like, that's so weird. It's so weird. Like, he wouldn't even raise his arms. He'd just leave him down. And, like, he's a he's a tall guy. Like, I'm 5'5". Five five. He's 6'1". Wow. It's not like it's, not like it's a... No. Love a playing field. So you get like, more love from a stuffed animal. Yeah. And my dogs. <laughs> well, isn't that why we have dogs? That is exactly why we had dogs. Um... So, yeah, this guy, he was really sweet and he, you know, was not very far away. So we went and like had a date outside in like the winter. <laughs> we had breakfast outside in, in a pandemic. 
in a pandemic because we had to give space. Um, and, you know, we saw each other for like a few weeks and it was actually like, I am thankful for him because mm-hmm. like he's the first person that kissed me in 15 years. That wasn't my in 14 years. That wasn't my ex. Like he was also like the first hickey I've had ever. Um, it was massive. It was horrible. <laughs> like I had to hide it from work on work calls. Like there I were remember so many it, of them actually. Too. I there remember were so many of them. I am yeah. in my late thirties, sir. What are you doing? He's and he, fun. he didn't realize what he did until like a few days later when I was like, he was like, I didn't, I didn't go that hard at you. And I was like, no. And I like pulled my shirt, my turtleneck down. He was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was just like, yeah, it's not great. He was like, I, I will not do that anymore. I'm so sorry. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. It's uh <laughs> wasn't okay. my like live and you learn I guess like it's absolutely not, it wasn't the last time it happened it was just the first time it happened like right. I hadn't had a hickey since I don't know I was like 19 well you were kind of reliving your 19th year in a way honestly right. I was picking up from like being 23 right but with a grown-up budget yes we're adults with adult money doing things that 20 somethings do because that's where I had stopped growing um <laughs> I mean yeah. Isn't that where we all stopped growing in a lot of ways? Yes. I'm kidding. We all go to therapy. We all go to therapy. Um, we pay our therapists a lot of money. <laughs> so now we have to get to the, we're, we're grateful for Justin for a couple of things, but yeah. what's the mess? Which one? With Justin, <laughs> there's got to be a mess. In oh. fact, I, I know there's mess <laughs> to Justin, I think. How many, I think is more the question. Correct. So, Justin is unemployed. And why is Justin unemployed? Because he has anxiety and depression, too. <laughs> and he may or may not have had a small nervous breakdown. Yes. And he had been living by himself for the last year in the pandemic with his mm-hmm. dog. So he was literally by himself with no other people. Um, mm-hmm. His family wasn't from around here. So, like, he did not see other people. Right. And year. he had also recently he, gotten divorced. He had also recently gotten divorced. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. so uh, what I will say, I got to cycle this back just a small smidgen. My profile, on my dating profiles, I used to put a fake name because being a single woman in the city is fucking creepy. And when you're a single mom, I don't need someone seeing me on the street thinking they know my name calling my name and I respond to it. So I used a fake name. But my fake name was just like my initials written out. And I say like, this isn't my real name. If you're not a creep, I will tell you my real name. Right. And so he met me as Casey. <laughs> That's what he swiped on, Casey. It's a cute name. It's a great name. Um, What he didn't know my name was, was Kristen with two eyes which is what his ex-wife's name was right Kristen, with two eyes and like we maybe kind of looked a little bit alike too <laughs> so that he, he had a type and uh yeah he wasn't, he wasn't thrilled so it was not long lasting for us but like it was uh the first what do i want to call it I don't want to say like the first of many, but like, I mean, it was, it, it was, was, it was 
it was uh it's my first it? plunge back into the dating pool right it was like a nice little i didn't gradual well i mean uh, he was nice to you so that's the gradual part he was he was very kind he was <laughs> they're very not all bed. nice they're not all nice he was very good in bed okay so that's i mean that's a plus right there because yes. we also know that's not true either that is very not true um he pulled out some tricks that i was like this is a thing that men like to do and I was just like, what is happening? Oh, oh, like you actually want to go down on me? That's fun. I didn't know that's something you did because you wanted to. Like, Yeah, I didn't. Um, honestly, I didn't either. So I, a- afterwards, I was News. like, what? He was like, of course I wanted to do that. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you wanted? You wanted to do that. He was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? Like, <laughs> great question. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's still been ten years kind of, since someone did that to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, definitely. No one asks. So no. there's that. No. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was wild, and I was like, "Wow, this is." There's a lot of stuff out there that I'm gonna try for the first time, or like for the first time in a long time, and uh, it was eye-opening to say the least. Um, and it was refreshing and exciting. And it set me in like the direction of the single people or what we think are single people in some cases. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Gee, don't know who you're talking about there. <laughs> Which leads me to the next one. Dun, dun, Four. dun. Dun, dun, dun. So we had, there's, there's three men that really started off the damn it I'm dating. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. What will we call it? Group writing blog experiences. Um, experiences. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um. So there was Justin. Mm-hmm. There was Dan, and there was Charlie. And if you have been reading Damn It, I'm Dating since the beginning, you know those names because there was a team Dan and a team Charlie for a very long time. <laughs> right. But although I agree. And I want to make sure we get at least one more fun story. You're kind of forgetting my favorite of the early days of Damn It, I'm Dating. Um, Someone who showed up to your house, maybe not sober at all. (laughs) I forgot about him. (laughs) Oh, no. I forgot about him. So he's one of my favorites for so many reasons. Something to note is that um, I don't use anyone's real names on this. So you will never know who someone actually is. Um, If you spot me out in the wild on a date, unlikely you'll know who I'm with. Because while I do write about them and talk about them, I do not give specifics. um, Because that is their right to be anonymous. Um, this is, I'm not telling their story. I'm telling mine. So they are just placeholders. Right. So these are not real names. These are not real names. Um, oh my God. What was his name? Jack. Maybe. Jack. He brought like champagne. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You tried to, you tried to like get together with him. What? Like two or three times. Yeah. He, um, he like, but we, 
I kept like bailing on getting together with him because I was like nervous about him coming to my house. And I was like, don't kidnap me. Don't steal my dogs. And I, I Googled By the him. way, the soon-to-be ex-husband was also not present. He was away for yes, family reasons. He was away. My daughter was at my mom's. She was not home. So it was just uh, very weird. But I Googled him, and he's, like, very prominent in his industry. Um, so, like, I got a really good background check on him. And I was like, all right. Thank you, Google. Thank- yes, thank you, Google. Um, and I... I gave him a call and I was like, you're not going to murder me, are you? Or like skin me alive or try to wear my face or like, like rape me or like steal my dogs or something. Um, And he was like, oh my God, what do you think? (laughs) And I was just like, I don't know because I've never met you in person. So like. Also, we're women in America. So I'm a a single lady in America. I am afraid of all men. Um, as you should be accurate. But then also, they should be fucking afraid of me. I will cut a bitch. Also um, accurate. Yes. So yeah, Jack showed up. I for I always forget about the first time Jack and I got together mm-hmm. because like there was such a long gap. So like, yeah, he showed up and he was like, mm, not sober, but I didn't know on what. Um. And come to find out, he had had, like, multiple tequila shots before he left. And, like, and he was not driving. He took an Uber. So, like, the, we don't, we do not condone drinking and driving or doing drugs and driving or anything like that. Um, we're city dwellers. We walk. We take teas. We take Ubers. Like, we're not, we're not hopping in cars and driving. And uh, he brought champagne. By the way, that's the only green flag going on here, folks. That he brought champagne. Uh, no, that he didn't they took drive. an Uber. Well, yeah, because he didn't even own a car. Right. So I'm just saying <laughs> that's the only green flag. I mean, green flag, you brought me a good bottle of champagne. That's like a green flag. I mean, not when he's already completely intoxicated. Well, so he told me he was bringing the champagne before. So, like, I knew that was coming. Right. So, like, bringing again, me presents, green flag. Red flag is showing up wasted. Right. But I, I don't. Okay, we'll go. We'll go with it. Look, we'll- they cancel each other out as far like I feel like they cancel each other out kind of. They make it a yellow flag maybe. I no, I don't think so, but <laughs> I it's fine. It's fine cuz he is yeah. a great story. He is a great story. So he loved my dogs. At the time I had two bulldogs. Um and he was very inebriated. Um but yeah, he had done tequila and like I guess he had like smoked a little bit or taking an edible before he came over. So he was like litty titty. And I was unaware of that. So like I was a little bit uncomfortable. Um, So I drank a lot of champagne and we made out and then we had like crazy sex on my couch. On your ex-husband's couch? Um, um, It became my couch. Thank you very much. For <laughs> The whole hour it took us to return it. <laughs> My divorce couch. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to tell that story. <laughs> yeah, that divorce couch. That couch saw a lot of action in the in the like. It was a busy. It was a busy couch. It was a very busy couch. It did see a lot of action. It. I. There was a lot of good memories tied to that couch from the last like few months that I lived there. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had like crazy amazing sex. He had a gigantic penis. 
Did he know how to use it? Yes. Does he know how to do all the things? Yes. Did he also bring handcuffs over? And I ended up in handcuffs with this man on my couch. Oh, so that is a red flag. Mm, Yeah, it is. Survived the story, which obviously I love. But um, let's also not forget the fact that he showed up completely inebriated with more alcohol and handcuffs. And you had never met him before. And condoms and lube. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, and I had never met him before. And I, oh. because this was like two years ago, I'm trying to remember if we had had a conversation about like getting freaky and like doing. Dear God, stuff. I hope so. I'm not even down with the G.O.D. and I, dear God, hope so, because <laughs> I'm pretty confident we did because we also, oh, we also used my like favorite sex toy, my favorite vibrator. So like there was there was there was there was conversations beforehand that were like he was not bringing stuff over, just assuming that that was going to be something I'd be down with. It was things we had talked about. Um Every conversation we'd had was not obviously that, but like it wasn't out of nowhere. So like orange flag, not necessarily red. Um, I mean, glaring I, red neon flashing sign. If we've never talked about it and he shows up with it, that's like that's vibes. Th- that's not the part. The 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 part that's alarming is that they let him do it. Yes. And also <laughs> that that would be only for the oh, only for the reason that trying to think about making sure that your sexual partner is comfortable. Yeah. This is the first time I'm meeting this person, the first time I'm getting to know their body in a foreign place. But sure, let me make sure to bring the handcuffs. It, it, there's nothing wrong with the handcuffs by nature. Uh, it's literally just the circumstances around yeah. it and how he thought that that oh, was still and he appropriate. Like a, he also brought like a whip, I think, too. Yes, he did. Or a paddle. Yes, it was a yes, whip. Was it a was whip a and whip. a paddle or just a whip? I think it was the whip, but I think the next time. Like the time cat of nine tails. Up, yes, it, exactly. Yes. So it was. He had showed me. He didn't like just whip it out and like throw them on me. He like right. showed me that he had them. He's like, we don't have to use them. Like they're just if you. He's like, I thought you might be interested, and you know, if you want to, we can use them. But like, we don't. So you're have the to. red flag, is what you're saying. I am the red flag. I am yeah. the red flag. Yeah. Yeah. He okay. Was, like everything was consensual. I agreed to do these things. Like I was oh, right. willingly saying like, uh, hey stranger, come into my house. That I don't own alone with nobody here to protect me, handcuff me, do things to my body. Oh, and you're not sober. Sure. That sounds like a good time. You have two English bulldogs. Like, I know your dogs. (laughs) They'll lick them to death. Exactly. Maybe fart on him. Or eat their own poop. I mean. Oh, poor little man. (laughs) I'll never let that go. (laughs) Yes. So I'm the red flag is really what uh, that's saying. Um, and you know what? Mm, I hate saying that, but like, it's true. I definitely was the red flag. And anyone who's trying to date me immediately out of my marriage. <laughs> oh, you were both walking red flags. <laughs> if at that you time. didn't know that I was a red flag immediately, you should have. Like, oh, that's on right. you. Right. That's on you. <laughs> well, given um, all of the uh, positives when it comes to Jack. Um, this is not shocking. 
<laughs> no. Although very, very nice person from yes. he's what a, you've he was, told. He's just. He is a good person. And like our first date was wild. And then I didn't talk to him for like six weeks because mm-hmm. he, I think, um, had his own little depression session because <laughs> I just attract all the depressed men. <laughs> if you're a depressed man, come find me. I will probably go out with you. I'll definitely sleep with you for sure. Um, <laughs> it's so true. If you have a Zoloft prescription, get in line. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Do you take lorazepam every day? Please give me a call. <laughs> he he remains one of my my favorites. Oh my god, he's yeah, he's a. We had some fun times when we started seeing each other again. Um, but how much of a red flag was I when I first um, jumped into the pool? Um, my first date with Dan was walking one of my bulldogs during lunch. Chef's kiss to how it all turned out. Oh, my God. Dan was like, oh, uh, not a tall guy. He was hot, but, though. So hot. So hot. Writer, like, oh, his body was insane. Like, oh, my God. Um, And it, filthy mind. <laughs> He's a writer. Yes. Um, but also, like, it was also very refreshing. Um, and I think that this is true of most of the men that I dated, at least in the first half of, like, dating that year. The first half of dating, yeah. Is that dating people that have the same, like, mindsets that I did. They're liberal-leaning. They're supportive of, like, AOC and, like... Black Lives not... Matter and yes. all of these things, like, change. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's not... There's not like an ounce of conservatism in their being. And it was like, oh, thank, thank, thank God. Thank goddesses. Like, this is what I. This is real. It's real. I'm validated. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things that he and I, Den and I had originally like clicked on was that, oh my God, we're so in sync and like the things that we think. Um, we're both creative types. He's like an actual writer. I'm trying to become a writer and like, we're going to do it. It's going to happen. We're manifesting that for this year. It's happening. Like I just have to do the work. Um, but we took our dogs for a walk together and like went to the dog park with them <laughs> during lunch one day. <laughs> and we ended our, our date with a hug Mm-hmm. Because it was a pandemic and he was very like conscientious of being it was before we had vaccines. Mm-hmm. So like it was it was a big deal. And I at the end I was like, Can I hug you? And he was like, Oh my God, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because how much did I just wanna touch somebody? Like, but also I think that was his thing too. He was also yeah. very much into touching. Yes. Like that's definitely his thing too. Right. Yeah. Right. So it vibed. It vibed. And then the last first date I had in that house before I moved out was Charlie. Oh my god. Did gosh. you know that? I did not know that the first date with Charlie was when you still lived there. Yes, but it was a video date. <laughs> oh my god. Over like Zoom gosh. or Google Chat or something like that. When my ex-husband was out, he was like, I don't know, doing whatever he was doing at night. He was not in the house. And I was in 
my bedroom and because I didn't want to be interrupted at all. So like I'm in my bedroom on the bed because there's nothing else in that room because the room is like 10 by 10 or like 8 by 8. It's not a big room. It's tiny. So tiny. So I'm just sitting on the bed and had like my glass of wine and we had a, it was like we, I want to say we talked for like two or three hours. And he um, afterwards had brought up like, you had, he's like, you, you took, our first video date he's like you took it in bed like how like he was like that was probably one of the hottest things you could have done i'm like that was hot dude i had nowhere else to go my other option is to like sit on the floor in front of my window like i didn't have anywhere else i didn't have another option like i wish Uh. i could have sat in my living room that would have been dope but like my ex is coming home and i don't want him hearing these things because like it's none of his business yeah. You're so, right. Yeah. I remembered. I didn't yeah. remember it was Charlie though, but I yeah. do remember because you, I think you texted me like before or after that. And you, and you, oh no, you sent me a picture. You sent me a picture of you sitting in the bed with the wine. <laughs> and yes, that's what it was. That's that what definitely it was. Happened. But I definitely didn't realize or yeah. like, fully realize i guess that that was charlie yeah that was charlie barf barf is right but i do have to ask before we close out and before Mm. we dive into like more men next week i need to know were you team dan or team charlie in the beginning Mm. because i know where you are now but where were you in the beginning oh i was neither always always you were neither Neither. I appreciated what Dan gave you, but I always thought that there were lies. And Charlie is a control freak. And uh, it was, I think it was your second official date, maybe your third official date with him. And you told me a story, um, which we should also have a Charlie <laughs> episode for sure. Oh, we're um, and I, that was the moment that I was like, nope, this guy is not well. There is something wrong. Um, but no, I think that because Dan and I have so many um, similar experiences and um, yeah, I just knew from the very beginning that he w- he was, I mean, talented, beautiful, but a liar ultimately. Yeah, for sure. But, but I'm grateful for him. He validated you in so many really positive ways yeah so to look at that from a positive um perspective i'm grateful for him you needed him even if it was not the real him oh for sure and i i think it's like i i I say this a lot but like people come into your life for seasons and reasons and we need them for something and maybe it's to be with you forever or maybe just for a little bit of time um to teach you a lesson or to give you something but like i agree he i i needed what he what i got from him and um i think another important thing to point out is that like i don't regret dating anyone no i have and and we're going to talk about so many guys so many so many um, I do not regret going out with any single one of them. Did I have the best time on every date? No. no. Did most of them get second dates? Also, no. 
true. It is very true. The stats are staggering and how I go from a first date to a relationship because the, the conversion rate is terrible. Um, we, re- we should graph that out. Yeah, I will graph that out. I like visuals. I do too. I love data. Um, but I don't regret any of them. I was never like, I, I don't regret any of it. I'm All of my choices that I made were the right choice to make at that time. And, you know, you don't know what you don't know. True. And then when you do know, you have to make the right choice. And I think I did. Um, so yeah, you chose with, you. I chose me. And I'm always going to choose me. There's me first, always. And then my daughter, because I got to keep myself alive to keep her alive. So, like, you got to put your oxygen mask on first. Or otherwise, you can't help anyone. True. Yeah. So with that, thank you all for joining us on this little journey back in time to 2021. So if you aren't already subscribed to Damn and I'm Dating Substack, get on that. Subscribe. Absolutely. Um, It's worth it. If you like hearing dirty stories, um, there's an after dark version that you can um, pay to upgrade to, which... Uh, definitely needs a refresher because I've got a lot of stories that I have not clicked publish on yet. Um, that can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I think you already know all. Of that. I know that's why I can't <laughs> wait. So there's those, and then also you follow us on Instagram. Damn it, I'm dating. Um, and if you're liking what you're hearing, give us five stars. Like, yeah. right? Let us know. Subscribe. Follow. Whatever. Subscribe. Follow. Download. Comment. Review, comment. Um, all the things, the more, more interactions you give us, the more we know we're doing a good job. And, you know, if you have questions, we've got answers. And if Always. we don't, we're going to make it up <laughs> because that's Hello, life. I'm general. a know-it-all. I'll be. <laughs> so by all means, do not hesitate to reach out to us. Thank you again for joining us. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks. Bye.